leading roles, but most of them just didn't thrive in a leading role. No. Right. But but yeah, well, let's say this. We'll do the intro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ready? Yep. All right, I'll start it right now. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the good, the bad, and the nerdy movie podcast. I'm your host Tom. With me again is Will and Bruce. Yo, Vegas, baby, Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Yeah. Viva La something. <laughs> All right. So if you've seen the uh, t- uh, um, credits for this episode, you're knowing we're covering a ultimate classic from uh, you know at last our last episode we did. Lara Croft Tomb Raider, which is directed by Simon West. So I had to go back and get my favorite Simon West film, which is from 1997. Easily one of the greatest mullet movies of all time. Sorry, Nicolas Cage, John Malkovich, Steve Buscemi, Ving Rhames, John Cusack, Chief O'Brien. <laughs> and just one of those hodgepodge movies we're talking about, Con Air. Oh, we're it's talking about it. It's certainly a film. So and that was certainly a mullet. That was that was the mullet. That, that was the most mulletiest. It is the ideal mullet of which all other mullets are but shadows. Yeah, it's like Billy Ray Cyrus mullet does not compare to um, Nicholas Cage is like baldy mullets. So here's there's an interesting. This is an interesting time period in the Nicholas Cage like career, right? Yeah. So in 1996 and 1997, all he did was action movies. He did The Rock in 96, he did Con Air, and then he did Face Off. And I mean, you could almost if this is to support a drug habit, like is this a drug habit? No, a spending habit. Is that why Nicolas Cage is in these films? No, it's a if he has a spending problem, legitimately, like he spent a million dollars to buy action comics from one. He bought a castle. He's like He's addicted to buying stuff. Well, I got to respect a man who's like, you know, I got to fund my ridiculous habits. So I'm going to, you know, that isn't illegal. So I'm going to go make a ton. I mean, this is the hardest working man in show business because he's just in so many movies. And he's always broke. Well, he's always broke because he's Nicolas Cage. But he's he does put in the work. I will say he's I think he's been in more individual movies than any other I just can't reconcile like how a two-year period sees leaving Las Vegas and then this. Yes. I mean, apart from there, the Las Vegas films in his repertoire. Oh yeah, um, and they both end, you know, destructively. Well, but, that um, also honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, oh god, well, well, what was, was that? That was ninety-two. So he does honeymoon in Vegas in ninety-two. He does a bunch of bad comedy, you know. You know, trapped in paradise. Uh, Amos and Andrew, Gardentess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he was like the king of like bad comedies for a while. And then so he was in Leaving Las Vegas in '95, right before yep. this period. Gets an Oscar. Yep. And by the way, if we're talking depressing, drunk films, that is, you know, I oh, saw too. that. It's like I, I don't want to rewatch that one. Well, you guys, you guys remember his abortive attempt at being an action star in the movie Firebirds? Oh yeah. <laughs> I which I saw in theaters, by the way. So. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> of the so we're talking about the the Nicolas Cage '90s trilogy, right? Yes. Of action movies. Um, I saw The Rock in the theaters. I enjoyed it. Uh, I did not see Con Air in the theaters. I saw it on cable, and um, you know, uh, for years on cable, various TV shows, and then I saw Face Off in the theaters. Um, of the three, personally, Con Air is my least is the one I would care about the least. Like I've seen it a dozen times, but that's because it was always on cable for like 1997 to 2008. Yeah. Oh, even beyond that. And uh, it's still on, on, I think TLC shows it every so often. Um, 
but this is Nick Cage at his least Nick Cageiest, and or his biggest. It's kind of that when, it, when like we talk about Nick Cageiest, it's it's that weird line like where's the worst, where's the best. No, like, I think this is his worst. Honestly, he's so, like you do not come to see this movie for the Nicolas Cage performance. The Nicolas Cage performance is actually pretty bog standard action movie stuff. The character is boring. His accent is bad. His hair is amazing. <laughs> Put the bunny down. Oh, it's so bad. The accent is so bad and his acting yeah, is very boring it's very wooden and yeah, now i know no, he's not chewing the scenes like you know i mean but i guess the character is written that way the character is just a piece of wood <laughs> i mean the character is very boring but like all the people around the main character are these are basically nicholas cage characters it's just yes. he's not playing them yes that's <laughs> everybody the every other they character is turned up to 11 not, they should have been John Malkovich this and have him play all the parts. Oh, I, I like that film would be amazing. This movie is actually how uh, being John Malkovich got made because John Cusack got the script for it while they were shooting this movie and showed it to Malkovich. So this movie actually led to being John Malkovich getting made. <laughs> but uh, I do have to bring this up though. So uh, you said you didn't see it in the theaters. Well, Bruce, did you see it in the theaters? No, no, <laughs> I, I, I'll confess. Like, I don't have much love in my heart for the big boom movie. Like, I just don't. Uh, I don't care for them. Uh, it's not my... I mean, I'm not trying to be as snobby as maybe that sounds. Like, no. I can tell this was pretty well made. And the action sequences are pretty well shot, although I, w I wouldn't... I don't quite understand why this one gets all the love it does, because I'm kind of with Will. There are better of these. It's the characters. In my view. It's, it's, the, it's yeah. absolutely the characters. John Malkovich's character is so over the top. Like, right. That's well, the thing. Everyone is so over the top in their role that, um, I mean, you can't help. Every character yeah. is incredibly distinct, oh. even though even the, the even though they're the flattest of flat caricatures. Every character is incredibly distinct from an acting perspective. Yeah, uh, we'll go through that in a minute, but I do want to get to so uh, summer of '97. I just graduated from high school. I got the perfect high school summer job, usher at a movie theater. So, uh, so I got to see Con Air. For free as much as I wanted because half the time I'd be cleaning the theater or and checking to see if anyone was sneaking in. So I saw it a lot. Yeah. Also, man, I didn't have to see Batman or Robin, or at least I didn't have to pay to see Batman or Robin. I didn't, you know, I got to see Face Off for free. Yeah, I saw a lot every movie that summer for free. Tom, Some this sounds good, like punishment. Like, this sounds like you were being punished. What did you what? do? Oh, trust me. If you think that was bad, you should have seen the what cleaning up a mess after George's Jungle at you know Sunday matinee. So. <laughs> That's punishment right there. But uh, no, I personally thought this was the most hilarious comedy action film of that summer. And this is summer we all said Men in Black. So this is the one I preferred watching over and over again because of how nutty all the characters are, except for Cameron Poe, which is Nicholas Cage. And we, let's, if you aren't familiar with the plot line, it's one of the most like, you would think Quentin Tarantino wrote this high. He claims he had nothing to do with the script, but this feels like something uh, even Tarantino would put together. Such an exploitation idea. Oh, it's completely ridiculous. And yeah. I mean, when you look at it from a could this happen kind of scenario, it's completely stupid. Like this is clearly a dumb action movie plot yeah, for it, a dumb action movie. Yeah, it's I mean, a B-movie prison film 
in an airplane. Yeah, it's like, what if we had a prison film, but now it's in an airplane? You know, I yeah, mean, that's it's, that's it's the pitch. snakes on a plane before snakes on a plane. Yeah, it's it's, exactly. it's it's you know jailbreak on a plane. Actually, and, there's been a lot of these. It's all happening in a plane, like the Air Force One Air movies Force and one. stuff. Came out a month, like, two months later. Yep. Yeah, like what is with the? It's happening in a plane is an attractive like. All that seems to me is to make the, the shots. I guess maybe no. Maybe the sets are easier. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, because you just have a plane. So one of the things about Hollywood is Hollywood tends to go in waves of things, right? So mm-hmm. you get so you get two gi- movies about giant meteor impacts or in comet impacts. You know, the summer of volcano the, movies. Summer of volcano movies. Yep. The summer of tornado movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, you always get these sort of waves of things. And Con yep. Air was sort of on the leading edge of the shit on a plane movies. Yep. So Con Air was like the the beginning of things on a plane movies, and then they all start rolling in, and, you know, um, because this movie had like a pretty low budget for an action movie, like a Which big like a for everyone being in this movie. Like if you made this movie with the same people, it would cost like three hundred million just to pay all these people. But how yeah. could it be cheap? They blew up Las Vegas. Well, like, that here, didn't look easy. Well, no, no, here's how. Small. Here's why it was cheap. One, they saved a lot of money on sets, right? Because most of the action is in a plane, which is just a soundstage, you know, on a on a lot somewhere, right? Yeah. So you don't have a huge amount of shooting on location. You have some because you have the big action sequence in Vegas at the end, but even that, parts of that were shot on a sta- soundstage because you can't blow up Las Vegas. You yeah, can't. and Vegas has tax credits to try to encourage uh, tourism because back in the mid nineties, Vegas, Vegas was in really- trouble. Yeah, Vegas was not doing well. So they were trying to, you know, that's why so many movies were shot in there. That's why Nicholas Cage shot a lot of movies there because he got all these, uh, you know, incentives at casinos. So he would go there and get like the, you know, the executive presidential suite partially. So they say, Nicholas Cage is here. Right. Uh, so you get that. A lot of these actors, they weren't at the time leading leading role material. They were a lot of people who did bit parts or supporting art parts. Um I Coen mean, Brother movies. They were they were they did Coen Brother movies. They did they, they they were not big action star. This was not the the um oh what's that one the, the series where they have all the old action movie stars in it. The Expendables. Yeah. This is not the Expendables because all these guys are people who are in a ton of movies in this era. John Cusack, John Malkovich, Steve Buscemi, Fink Rames, Cole Meany was on Star Trek, but he was also in this. You've got a bunch of you got uh you know Dave Chappelle is in this. Danny yeah. Trejo is in this. I mean, so many people who hadn't yet hit their stride. You see what I mean? They were yeah. just about to, but this was the movie that you could point to and say, okay, these guys are all going to be huge because they all took what are basically paper thin roles and performed a Nicolas Cage on them and turned them up to 11. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nicolas Cage is the, you know, I don't care if Cameron Poe lives. Like there's an po- argument. Okay. So, Let's, I'll do a quick synopsis of the plot because this is such a weird movie. Okay, It's 1991. Gulf War is over. Nicolas Cage's character, Cameron Poe, gets out of the Army Rangers and then while, uh, gets in a bar fight to protect his pregnant wife, Monica Potter, and accidentally kills the guy. He His lawyer tells him to plead guilty. He gets sentenced, the worst sentence possible, goes to a prison on, on the other side of the country. After six years, he gets a, he gets and befriending uh, Michael T. Williams, who it's basically like Bubba but more uh, angrier. <laughs> they become buddies, and they are both going to be somehow magically transferred at the same time on this plane. So he's getting paroled to go see his daughter for the first time, and he's got his bunny that he's bought. He's going to give to her. 
Got to bring up the bunny. Oh, don't talk about the bunny. The bunny <laughs> is the worst. Is the the. Oh. Yes, we, because remember the bunny is a big deal. He ha, he's got that bunny. So then they get uh, they all get put on this flight. That's the con. This is the the uh, prison plane. They have specific rules, and for some reason he's loaded on the flight with all the worst criminals all being transferred to the supermax prison in, that they built in another part of the country. So as he gets on his flight, uh, John Cusack is the guy in charge of running the flights. Uh, and he goes through the list of all the bad guys they're putting on the plane with him. So first you got um, you got we got to go with um, Billy Bear Blanton, who is the guy who apparently got uh, who caught his wife cheating, so he murdered her entire family. Yeah, <laughs> Billy Bedlam. Billy Bedlam. Yeah, we yeah. have Billy Bedlam. Then we have uh, Diamond Dog. Diamond uh, Dog. Nathan Jones, played by Bing Rames, and he is like, this black militant. They don't say Black Panther; they come up with the, the Black Gorillas. Oh, which is just bad. And almost wor- much worse. He and he's uh so po- he's written a book that, according to John Cusack's character, uh, the, they're talking to Ven- for Denzel to play in the movie. <laughs> but I love uh, uh, John Cusack's character's name, Vince Larkin. <laughs> yep. So, and then of course we have uh you know with Dave Chappelle's pinball a crackhead. Yep. We've got Danny Trejo as a serial rapist who tattoos every uh, rape victim on his arm. Yep, Johnny 23. Johnny 23, although he says it's actually Johnny 1000. Yeah, whatever. And then, of course, we have uh, Cyrus the Virus Grissom, which is John Malkovich, in a perfectly cast John Malkovich performance. Like, you, I could not think of anyone else to play this part. Talks extremely crazy, but also extremely smart, and just the kind of guy that he, he would kill you. In fact, he has killed as he claims, kill more, more people than cancer. So like, you could, I, I can think of one person who could fit in this role besides John Malkovich. Um, and that's the guy who played worm tongue. Oh yeah. <laughs> Def- yeah. Because that guy could do Brad it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Brad, yeah, Brad Dorff Dorf is the best at crazy but, weirdo. So yeah, the other idea, see, here's the thing though. He would have also been perfect for the last criminal they add on this plane, which is Garland green the, apparently the serial killer that scares even the all the other criminals. Well, he doesn't actually get on the thing until I think they the second touchdown. He's the second touchdown. He's the yeah. one that they're. Uh, but when they find out he's coming on the plane, even the hardened murder criminals are terrified. And it's played by uh, Steve Buscemi. It's the most like relaxed performance ever. Like not once does he seem threatening, but they are all terrified of him for apparent for everything he's already done. And it's just like this perfect cast of weird character actors playing these crazy, awful Well, I think what happened is they all – at the beginning of filming this movie, they all gathered around in a circle around Nicolas Cage and got a straw and sucked it out of his spinal fluid, the crazy. Because they all turned their roles up to 11, and it leaves Nicolas Cage drained and perfect to play his wooden puppet of a role. Yeah. So uh... that's that had to be what happened because – Honestly, the Nicolas Cage performance is not brought here. It is the most boring, wooden, flat, mullet notwithstanding. Just terror. And his accent is so bad. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it may be. I, I, you know, I, I'll confess, I couldn't get through this thing. I fell asleep. I, it just does not do it for me. But, like, if he wasn't in it, the rest of them were better. Yes. <laughs> if they like had just taken him out and like not had him. Well, I don't think yeah. they could have done it because then they wouldn't have had the proper fluid to suck out of someone's spine. I mean, oh, fair, fair. You can't bring the crazy and not have Nicolas Cage, but I mean, 
I mean, yeah. I guess maybe they could have just all taken cocaine, but I mean, it was the late nineties. Yeah, I mean, this mo- I've said before, this movie is like the ultimate action. It's like The Rock, but on like meth and X at the same time. It's like there's something weird going on behind the scenes for this perfectly crazy film to exist. And there's other things, you know, I forgot about, we have the Swamp Rat. He's the guy who takes over the plant. And th- there's the whole plot, which is these guys escape because it's uh, a dr- Colombian drug lord is, yeah, has, in, has basically made a deal with all of the big guys to escape take over the plane and when they land to get him so he can uh yeah, then land at another airfield and there will have a plane to take them all to mexico or colombia it's like what is there it's a they just have to con- take the plane to get to another airport and then they'll all get away but of course this drug lord is also you know planning to double cross them so which is hilarious that they don't even think he's gonna double he would double cross them yeah i mean their plan is dumb ultimately but because it's a, a crappy 1990s action movie, it kind of works. Yes, it's believable oh. these guys would be that stupid to think that he wouldn't be trying to double-cross them. Yeah, I mean, well, they're all, again, they've all had the Nicolas Cage spinal fluid. They're all yeah. crazy. It's it's absolutely, and again, they're all so very distinct. Like, you remember these characters. Yeah. Even though you don't want to, because most of them are pretty disposable. But, um, like, I mean, you could, you could, some of the standout but, performances but isn't it are a good. little bit too many. Like I'll say that about it also. Like to me, less would have been more. They probably could have cut three of them. Well, they do. Know? They kill them off fairly. I mean, well, they kill well, a bunch of people fair. off yeah, very quickly. But it, it's boss just battle. like keeping track of which one was which was literally the point my brain shuts off. Like I'm just like, oh, I don't care. You really don't need, <laughs> just, you really don't need to worry about basically John Malkovich, Steve Buscemi. Right and Ving Rhames and every and Danny Trejo and that's like that's the max everyone else is sort of disposable and interchangeable yeah and, I mean, yeah and, which point, Dave Chappelle's character gets killed in one of the most hilariously stupid ways oh he, yeah absolutely yeah he it's gets just, like stuck he, yeah he forgets to get on the plane runs and gets caught up in the in, uh, the, <laughs> in the landing gear and then and they find his body crushed. later yeah I mean it's yeah. ridiculous um everything about this movie is completely ridiculous uh but it was the 90s again this we gotta remember this is the late 90s we're we're just we're still in the middle of you know the the tech yeah, the good first... movies were being made then yeah they like, were but like, there was also the a lot of our whole last 10 shows yeah but there were also a lot of really bad people forget how many movies got made on a ba- on a basis yeah back in the yeah. 90s there was all kinds of all kinds of movies are made and we knew more about them because we weren't so segmented on our entertainment options yeah yeah, and with cable I mean, TV, you had the movies, you had music, and you might have like an old school computer game and a Nintendo, and that's kind of it. You don't have the the full internet has not come fully yeah, online. Yeah, this is AOL chat room time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. No. And you know, this is one of those films too. It's like if you had made this, this, yeah, you know, this could have been Sylvester Stallone's camera pro. This could have been Arnold Schwarzenegger, but no, they got Nicholas Cage the other time. He's the cheaper one. You know, they didn't get John Travolta for this one. But because uh, he was doing another film, it's just this is the one of those weird cases where there the the lead is pretty much anybody else could play the part. You're right because really Nicolas Cage sucks oh. as Cameron Poe. It's one of the most ridiculous. Aside from the shot where he comes out of the uh, the bus and kind of has that crazy ah the fresh airs, the sun shines. On yeah, the like you think he's gonna <laughs> bring the crazy, and then he just gets real boring. And I'm like, what yeah. happened? <laughs> yeah. 
and we should point out the whole reason he doesn't get off the plane is he has to make sure his best friend who is diabetic right the, the, the Chekhov's diabetic Chekhov's diabetes um <laughs> god it's so dumb like his only friend from prison who was also just happens to not be that bad a person is on the flight and when it gets you know, he's only gotten enough insulin to last so long, and he has to get more. It's, it's so yeah, it's a little it, subplot they, that's so dumb. And they don't have a needle. He has the insulin, but he doesn't have the needle. And it's like, oh, he'll be going to insulin shock soon. <laughs> it's just this weird, really weird little subplot yeah. that, like, is used – and it's basically used as an excuse to get Poe moving around the plane. Because well, otherwise yeah, – no, Otherwise, he, you know, the movie is just sit tight. Sit right. tight and wait it out is the movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's fine, but it's also a really weird way to do that. Like, it's a plane, and it's not a big plane, so you can't have like a cat and mouse thing, like even like Die it's Hard. Not die, or something yeah, you else. can't Die Hard this plane. You can't. You can't have it. I mean, this was <laughs> this was well before. Um, you know, they they could have set this in the future and it been on a starship, and you could have had a cat and mouse game in the in the events yeah, or something. But yeah, yeah. this is a fucking C one twenty three. It's not Air Force One, which has multiple levels, and you can do the sneaky thing. Because we don't know what the hell that looks like inside. For all we know, it does have all that crap in it. And, um, you know, like, yeah, you know, Air Force One came out, you know, six weeks after this film. You know, we should also point out, though, this movie came out in June, early June of 97. Face Off came out two and a half weeks later. Like, he made this and Face Off back-to-back, and they released it less than a couple weeks apart. And what Nobody... I don't get is, like, Face Off is the better film by, by oh, a country. We by a country it. mile. Yeah, it's John Woo. Now, I will say this. That I think they made the mistake, though. It should have, you know, yeah, of, like, who got, whose face was on whose, because, really, Cage is so much creepier as the crazy uh, evil guy in that one. But that's a whole other episode. But Well, we'll, we'll talk about it. But, like, he, is, he brings so much more energy to that performance. And just that's the Nicolas Cage that we've come to know and love in all his – insane glory uh, yeah. I, I might even say that face off is peak nicholas cage because yeah, it's absolutely. just the right amount of crazy in the performance and i mean I, I i as goofy as that movie is i have a special place in my heart for it so i mean it's not good either but it's so damn entertaining yeah i don't i don't understand i just i don't know what's wrong i'm missing something i'm missing uh, a you know a genetic sequence that makes this enjoyable or just an experience because I don't care for Face Off either. I'm like, oh, well, okay. Bruce, you don't like action movies. I mean, that's you've established this, so no, obviously um, you're not gonna like Face Off. There are some of them I like, but not the boomy ones. Like I will watch martial arts films. Okay. I will absolutely watch you know Chocolate, which is really weird and ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I will watch. I will watch some uh, some you know kickboxing movies so I've what you watched, like are you know? genre pictures you don't necessarily like just straight typical american yeah. action movies. yeah I, I guess that's it i just i lack something it's like it's, it's a, a part of the well, soul is gone i guess well i mean like we compare this say when we talked about street fighter or even Lara croft i would say mm-hmm. compa- this compares better than um compares better to true lies yeah and that's the point it's like this is that period of time where the, you got these over the top action films you right know, James cameron didn't direct this because he was working on titanic but he, he, now, and we should point out, this is not Michael Bay, but this it is Jerry Bruckheimer. That's the one thing we really hadn't talked about is Jerry Bruckheimer, the famous producer who loves to produce over-the-top action films. You know, he produced Top Gun. He produced um, Bad Boys. He produced The Rock. He produced this, and he would go on to some other like over-the-top action films. That's kind of his 
you know, and he even produced all the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He makes tons of money and produces these films that do very well at the box office. This was a huge hit when it came out. Yeah, no, I mean, a crazy cult film over the years because and of- it's, it's not that bad, guys. I also wonder why, like, so giving it the due that I always put the consideration to is like, what were they trying to do? They were trying to do this. Uh, and did they succeed? Well, yeah. Everybody who likes this loves this. I mean, I, I don't know that I'd know anybody who wouldn't, like, watch this, like, except maybe me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody I know thinks of this as enjoyable. I don't know that it's everyone's favorite film, but, like, my mother will watch this, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like everybody will watch it. This is this. the kind of film where if everybody else wants to watch it, I'll be like, yeah, okay, we can watch that. But I'm never going to be the one to suggest it, and I'm never going to go out of my way to see it. Like, if it happens to come on and I have nothing else to do – I might sit there and watch it, but See, I'm the other way. I'm like, even though I don't buy it, I never actually have bought it. Even though I love this movie, if it's on, I'm like, hey, let's watch it. You know, my wife and I will sit and we'll just we just love this. I mean, we both are part of the Nicholas Cage cult. You know, we are the Nicholas Cage we, cult. I mean, yeah, we both agree he's awesome. We love even his worst movies because it's you're gonna get something out of a Nicholas Cage film you can't get anywhere else. Well, and, I'm I'm I can't I can't deny that I also enjoy. The occasional Nicolas Cage film. I mean, I'm like the th- one of three people on Earth who actually likes the Ghost Rider movie. Oh, I, I see. I like the second Ghost Rider movie than the first one because I think Spirit of Vengeance is is like so more like what a Ghost Rider movie should be. But yeah, I I, I understand like liking the first one. But I think the second one's even more nuttier because that's Neville. Oh, I didn't even see the second one. I I just oh. was like. I mean, I'm also the guy who likes the the you know the Matt Damon Daredevil movie. So I'm like oh, the God, only, not that. Please. I may ben be Affleck. the only person who ben likes Affleck. the Matt Damon Daredevil ben movie. Affleck. Whatever, ben Affleck. they're interchangeable. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, well, no believe it or not, Ben Affleck was the second choice. It was supposed to be Matt Damon. So, okay, that, well, that's a whole another podcast we'll do. And that well, was- Ben Affleck, then it doesn't matter. They're interchangeable. Uh, I actually like that movie as opposed to many other people who said, now, is it the best movie ever made? No, but for its era, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I think That's people are, I think uh, th- there's also a trend in movies, especially probably starting in the early 2000s, like early to mid 2000s. There's a trend in movies to over-exaggerate the badness of a film. Yes. Like, like I mean, uh, and, and, uh, of course, I say this having completely crapped all over a bunch of movies. Uh, so some people may say that I'm a hypocrite, but there's a lot of movies that I see that are basically fine. There's nothing special about them. They're relative. They're not awful, but they're not anything I would choose to go see again. And I would put them as a solid middle middle tier movie of it's average. Hooray. You made a film. And yeah. Con Air for me is smack dab in that thing because even though all these other performances are kind of over the top and memorable, because it's split among so many characters and because the the anchor, which is Nicolas Cage, is actually an anchor. He drags down the rest of the performance <laughs> and it's just really boring. And it's like I, I sort of don't care. You're right. I don't care two shits about who dies. The only really likable character is one of the worst characters in this movie, which is Steve Buscemi, because he's just sort of laid back and eats peanut butter sandwiches and sort of stares at everyone and then goes off and gambles at the end of the film for no reason. Uh, after, let's not forget, he goes yeah, – After not him, murdering someone. I'm like, ooh, we all praise him because he didn't girl. kill somebody. He does not eat a little girl. Like there's, 
Yeah, he's like, oh, he didn't he didn't murder somebody. Wow, real stand up guy. That I'm looking. Where did you get the money to gamble? Who did you eat to get that? I mean, <laughs> no one asked the, the, the real question. <laughs> yeah, he's just, and, and and like it's a great performance and it stands out, but it's not enough. And and uh, it's about the right amount of Steve Buscemi, honestly. Yes. Um, and yeah, he's good. He's I, good. I just think this movie, while it does succeed at being an action film, it's just. There are better action films, and there are more interesting action films. I would much rather go watch Aliens over and over and over again than yes. watch this movie. Yes. Well, that might be but, well, Aliens, is it really? It's it's like a lot of things, too. It's yeah, just a lot of stuff. Cameron, so yeah, it, it doesn't matter. I don't like all the James Cameron movies. I saw Avatar, and I regret every moment of that. Oh, um, that movie. I saw well, it in the theaters saying, like, in, some in 3D. Pull, yeah. Some directors can pull some insane stuff with the right material. Cameron made, as he calls it, that's a Vietnam movie. Uh, for out of aliens this one is basically what it, what you would expect it is an over-the-top mid-90s or really it's kind of a throwback to 80s action films too it's to, like the to, refinement of the of the i mean they've had years and years to refine the 80s action movie formula because there was a period in the late 80s when they got as ridiculous as this film and then they had to tone it back because it was like yeah people were just getting like this is too nuts and so yeah. you have some more sedate movies and then it just starts ramping up the insanity as the decade progresses and then you get to like fucking face off, which is a completely ridiculous concept on, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it is the suspension of disbelief being pushed to its absolute limits. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man, I, like this is a, for all the memorable stuff and all the stuff that I can remember in this film being entertaining, it basically, there's long stretches of this movie that are boring and dull and nothing interesting happens. And, they dragged down the film to basically like, yeah, it was a movie and it was fine and I didn't hate it and I was mild and it kept my brain mildly occupied for an hour and a half or so. Yeah, yeah. But so. now, uh, uh, something else we should point out, which is you can tell who was supposed to play Camera Pro, who the cl it was clearly written for because it's not Nicolas Cage. You can just tell this was not supposed to be Nicolas Cage movie. This was supposed to be a Jean-Claude Van Damme part. Oh, that would have been even worse. <laughs> But that's the point. This God. is clearly something John yeah. Clyde Van Damme was going to star in. For whatever reason, Nicolas Cage got his hands on this movie. <laughs> See, but, like, they could, I would have liked, and it may, oh, well, I guess I'm just being me, but, like, if they had gone into, like, the narrow confines, martial, like, a Jackie Chan approach to this film, yes. where it's fighting inside the plane and using plane parts to fight, would have been fucking spectacular. Oh yeah, this would have been a spectacular Jackie Chan film. Like, but oh, can we can we talk about John Cusack for a minute because he's really the only good part in this movie. I'm sorry, Cameron Poe, but you know, like John, C but he makes the two of the worst decisions in this movie. First, he's just basically like, I'm gonna drive, borrow my guy, you know, my supervisor's car, drive all the way to this airfield instead of calling all the backup in. And then, but uh, and so then uh, they all, you know, all these guys headed there, basically caught in this crazy uh, ambush. That he somehow magically managed to save them. But then we get the decisions like, okay, what's more important, saving Camera Poe and five guards, or letting a plane crash into the middle of yeah, Las like Vegas? he he should be he should be yeah. At a certain point, you just say uh, launch the fighters from the nearest air base and blow that motherfucker out of the sky. Yeah. And yeah, sorry, Cameron. <laughs> He's got a little girl to get home to. Well, he's going to come home to her in a box, probably with a bunny. Uh, and, and, you know, and, you know, uh, Colmini's jerk DEA guy is, uh, you know, will we'll say afterwards, like, I was absolutely right. 
fire him. And, you know, yeah, it's clear that's what's going to happen. You know, uh, uh, Larkin's going to get fired unless they, he says, well, I caught, I, you know, we were able to catch and kill Cyrus the virus. That's the only way he doesn't get fired. Yeah, like, honestly, as soon as they found out, okay, the plane's been taken over by convicts. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of guys on there who aren't that bad, but that's a shame. Yeah. Launch the missiles. <laughs> yeah, mean... like, there should be a debt. It's like, it's, yeah, it, it's, there's four guards that he's basically really trying to save. Like, the DEA who was smuggled on there already got his ass killed and gave them an extra gun. That's like the other, as, and we should point out, there's only supposed to be one gun on the plane, which is in the pilot's. Uh, it was in the cockpit. I'm like, no, don't open the door. Keep the door locked because then they can't get to the cockpit. Yeah, well, I mean, again, this is a pre-2001 action well, movie. No, the point is, they're still bad. The logic is over the top. And I love that, you know, there's one thing that I thought was really smart. So they, remember how they escaped? They, uh, Pinball has inside his mouth uh, or deep in his throat a uh, little bag of lighter fluid and a match. And when they try to search his mouth, his breath is awful. Which he makes the joke. The guy's like, "Sound like someone's shit in your. Smells like someone's shit in your mouth." Because he told me he loved me, so he intentionally made his breath <laughs> as bad as possible so the guy wouldn't look, so he could then pull the thing out. Which, yeah, which again, this is definitely. Uh, that's, there's that's a lot the of movie logic in this movie. Which that's the only bit of logic that works. I don't know if it does. It right, works as a stretch, man. Oh, yeah, thing, we're talking about Con Air. <laughs> so you can't use that excuse as we're talking about Con Air. It's like, like yeah. I just have to ask the question: like, is this like somehow titled because of the hairdryer company? No, 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 no. Phrase no, 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 no. is in the world, so that's why this is the title. Oh no, 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 no! So Con Air is actually the nickname for prison flights. Like there is a specific department that handles it, and their nickname is Con Air, and yeah, they like, use... is that based on sounding no. like the hairdryer manufacturer? Well, that like, I don't is know. That why that's a nickname? Because Possibly. Well, no tie into Con Air, the hairdryer manufacturer. Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like, that's the Although thing that would that explain is... Nicholas Cage's hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. There, oh, there was God. definitely a lot of Con Air involved in that. And, and it should be pointed out, almost all of the bad guys are bald or have really short hair, except him. <laughs> And you think in a prison you would not want long hair because it's how bad the hygiene, you know, how bad like lice could be. In oh, a prison. but it, it, it's it's realistically stringy and awful looking. Like, oh it's my bad. God. <laughs> not, not had it washed in a week. Like, was that his hair? Or was that like a wig that they like oh, found on the side of the road? Oh, that's definitely a wig. You can tell that is not his real hair. By no, a, it's a, a terrible mile. wig. If it's, I mean, it looks awful. Whatever it is, it looks terrible. Yeah, it's I, a I, dead I, muskrat. All right, so uh, I think but, that I've talked enough about this movie. What do you guys oh, so think? Oh, talk for another week about this movie. That's how much. <laughs> I, I, and I've said before, this is the movie where they made the mistake of killing all these guys. Because reality, you could get so many spinoff movies for each of these cons. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I would want to no. see. Oh, I would no. so want a Cyrus the Virus movie. I don't I, care. I mean, I guess no, with we, the with the success of the Joker movie, we're. I know. I'm so kind of... I'm I'm so wrong. It isn't that you were being punished, Tom. You're here to punish us. That's <laughs> why. I mean, I didn't hate watching this movie, but it it doesn't it doesn't make me want to see it again ever. Like it's like, oh, I saw that movie. Cool. I don't have to see it again if I don't want to. Uh, like I said, Hooray. your mileage varies, though. And that's why I, I'm, you know, uh, we probably should be wrapped this up because some people are probably screaming bloody murder for all three of us. Because, like, this <laughs> film does have 
people who hate this movie for good reason, people who are meh about this movie, and the people who are obsessed about this movie. It is, you know, we should, yeah, it, it, this film wouldn't fit in an action film section. You'd have to put it in the cult section because of how crazy this film is. So, um, but uh, Bruce, what's your final thoughts on this? Again, I, you know, if this is your bag, it's probably your bag. I don't, I don't see it clearly, and I kind of feel with Will like it's not necessarily best of genre, but there's material here, and if if if, if you haven't seen it, that sounds good to you. Go, I, I encourage it. But uh, yeah, I I I'm, I it, for whatever reason, it it, it bored me silly, <laughs> but um, I I think that's me and not the film. Well. Uh, I'm going to kind of echo a little bit of Bruce here. I think this is a fine example of a 90s action movie. I think that it is, if you want to, if you're really into crazy Nicolas Cage style performances, you can't really go wrong watching this movie. Just don't expect it to come from Nicolas Cage. Watch everyone else and then wait <laughs> during the boarding sequences until someone who's fun comes back on the screen. Yeah. And um, we should, every time he does kill somebody, it's kind of stupid. I mean, he's like, <laughs> well, the one liners are terrible. Put, why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? Oh, the, the one-liners just make me so damn... They're I'm going to say not good. motherfucking day. Viva Las Vegas. I'm they're, not, they're not good. And uh, it's this is not best in genre. This is, at best, a... Parts of it are kind of cool. I mean, the sequence in Vegas is kind of neat, but you can get that elsewhere. If, if you're if you again if you love crazy performances this is the movie for you just don't expect it from Nicolas Cage otherwise you can safely give this a pass but you know if you want to see it absolutely go see it it's yeah. an action movie if you like action movies this is an action movie that you can watch yeah it's one of those great like this is an all in day all in one day action film even though you got the little like montage of what he did before he got on the plane it's for me, the, I think of it as one of those great. It's a bad. It's a B movie at a, on extreme crack. It is like this movie would be you know direct the video uh, for a lower budget. You know, yeah. this film was probably if you made the seventies, it would have been one of those like third tier at a grindhouse film uh, theater. So it's it has all those weird quirks that you would not get in a standard action film. Usually, they'd be the you know you'd have the cop with the uh, renegade you know partner you know it's it's not like lethal weapon or like e even like a uh, dirty hairy film so this is what I, I would call like this is where they took a lot of ideas and threw it in a blender and then got something out of it but as I, we all agree it's the villains that you know, really make this movie and you know i've always said this you know a bad superhero movie is usually bad when you have bad villains this is a case we have fantastic villains and you have a Milk. I mean, one of the most milk toast. I could care less if he survives. You know, star. You know, uh, heroes. Right. It's, Actually, you know yeah. what? That's one I liked. I, I I straight up liked Lethal Weapon. At least the first one. I I think it got played out. But like yeah. the first one's a watchable, pointless action movie that I find enjoyable. Well, it's yeah. also so, one of the first buddy cop movies that has some comedy mixed in, which you didn't yeah. really see a whole lot of before Lethal Weapon. Yeah, the first Lethal Weapon is actually a pretty gritty, you know, you know, crime mystery in a way. Then you got Lethal Weapon Two, which is, a little, you know, they crank it up more, but it does have more exciting villain, but you know, less, uh, you know. But it also, know, again, it was the first kind of these films that mixed in some comedy, yeah. like, and and honestly, you can again, we keep going back to you got to feel these relationships, and you feel that relationship between these two characters. Mm -hmm. um, Again, Anakin and, and Obi-Wan really should have been in a buddy cop movie so that we would have cared about them at all. 
Yeah, and that's uh, you know, once again, that's kind of the issue. Like '90s, you know, the depending on who your rider was, you're gonna get some interesting decisions. So this film has a lot of really dumb decisions, but that's also if you're looking for a dumb action film, this is it. So you know, as I as I discussed, this is gonna be a movie that we will declare a good movie, a bad movie, and a nerdy movie all in one because you rarely get one that kind of fits all three. And this is you know, it's it's hard to argue against any of them. So that's why I would not say you can't put it in one category. It's all three. Yeah, this yeah. is definitely somebody's jar of peanut butter. I can tell you that. My, Absolutely. My, my <laughs> favorite, like, possible vision of this, there's like, there, there are three now. There's sort of like the Jackie Chan version, but I just kind of want to see, uh, what's his name? Oh, God. Tommy Lee Jones. I want him yeah. to do this as a Marshalls movie. Then it becomes more interesting to me. See, well, I, and- I, I take the opposite. I want to see a Vin Diesel movie of this on a starship. Like yeah, you, so, you get more room it, to move around. A starship with steam tunnels because they all have steam tunnels. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, well you gotta I mean, have moved a room around and, and vents to hide in. I think yeah, you that... could you could remake this with Riddick. I mean, that's kind of the thing. This is yeah. This, this would be movie, a great Riddick movie. This movie kind of is like a precursor to some of the the Riddick movies. And yeah, it is. Yeah, and I should point out this is like I said. This movie also led to uh, ironically how being John Malkovich gets made because. Cusack gets the script, shows it to Malkovich, who, believe it or not, was one of the last people who was even told they were developing this movie. He reads it and agrees to meet with them, and that's how we get being John Malkovich. So this film has one very awesome, you know, legacy. Now there's some other stuff you know we didn't really cover, which is you know the very you know very very bad stereotypical gay character. We've got quite a few of the uh, mildly racist stuff that gets constantly dropped up and down the film, but you know it's. It's something that unfortunately also kind of fits the time, but also fits the way these characters would a- interact with each other. So, you know, but they, you know, I, I always feel like we got to bring that just a little bit. But at the same time, is this is one of the films that you just got to see it. I've told everyone if you've not seen, even if you think, even if you heard them say it's not a good movie, it's a movie to experience. You know, if you don't want to see, if you can't see the screen, you know, a screen which is hard to find because it's on TV a lot. And I just noticed. It's not currently streaming, which I thought was kind of weird. So, because it was streaming literally on Hulu a few weeks ago. So, I don't know why it suddenly got pulled. Maybe because we we're about to do this podcast. I don't know. But it is one of those movies. It's, as you know, Will said, it's con- it was on TV all the time. Even edited for television, it's on TV all the time and still a fun watch. You know, the cursing and the violence is kind of carefully edited. Like, this was would have been a PG 13, but it barely hit an R. So, you could certainly make a good drinking game out of this movie. That's absolutely, for damn sure. absolutely. This is one of those ones you can just drink for every bad, you know, you know, thing that Nicolas Cage says, every awesome thing that Malkovich says, every creepy thing that, uh, you know, that Bishimi says. And we should point out he does. He has the, one of the best comments in the whole movie when they're all dancing to "Sweet Home Alabama." He says, "You're high ironic that a bunch of con, con art, uh, criminals hijack a plane." And, and celebrate by listening to a band that died in a plane crash. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> All right, folks, this has been the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you uh, Make sure to please tell your friends, and, and well, you know more listeners, the ba- bigger for us. Also, make sure to hit us up on our Facebook group, Fans of Good, Bad, and Nerdy Movie Podcast, and uh, on Twitter as well. Guys, have any uh, last things you want to bring up or plug? I want to put Tom Hanks on a train that can't go below 88 miles an hour. Uh, nope, I got nothing. Bye, everybody. <laughs> and folks, folks, if you are going to uh, check out this movie, 
please turn off the credits so you don't have to listen to the country song at the end. Actually, the, the whole film kind of okay muted. <laughs> Honestly, you are correct. So yeah, mute, this film works as be as a silent film as well. So thank. <laughs>